Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, uh, welcome to Rich Chang's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. It's me, Rich Chang. My guest this week is Lee Mack. Uh, but if you like these podcasts and would like to help support me and keep me alive, why not come and see me on tour? Uh, my new show is called Happy Now? Question uh, mark. And I will be touring the UK largely uh, from February next year. There's a few gigs uh, in November. Um, I'll be in uh, the Leicester Square Theatre in February. I'll be also going to Sheffield, Leeds, Salford, Liverpool... Warwick Arts Centre. I could go on. I won't. Go to richterring.com slash happy underscore now slash tour and you can get all of the details of where I'm coming. I think it's a really good show. I've done it about three or four times. I think it's going to be quite good. So why not come and see it? And it's selling really well. So book in advance. It's crazy. Uh, anyway, let's go over and watch. Richard Herring's Letter Square Theatre podcast. I wonder what will happen this week. I know because we recorded ages ago. I wonder what will happen. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man whose wife has been vomiting all night long. He hasn't had any sleep and is quite worried he may have picked up one of the bugs she had. So may vomit on you during the show tonight. It's Richard Herring! Oh yeah, I don't need sleep. 
I don't. No illness can hold me back. Welcome to uh, Rich Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Or as I don't know, some cool kids I saw. I was at a pop concert, a Mick Jagger concert, and they. Uh, the kids there were calling Rahelas to I said, oh, that's good. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's been uh, quite a week. I've, I'm, you know, I have no sleep today, so this should be an interesting... Uh, yeah, not because of my baby, because of my wife, uh, you know, who some would say uh, is... Uh, no. OK, uh, so... Um, <laughs> we'll go there. Uh, and I've got very, a lot of excitement. The Limmy episode went out the week that I recorded this, and a lot of people were, were seeming gleefully happy that in that episode, which I recorded in July, I predicted that there would be a terrible shooting... Uh, I, said, I was doing a joke about shooting. I said, oh, there'll be another one when this goes out. And there was. Uh, and everyone, everyone was going, oh, well done, you predicting that. It wasn't really a prediction so much as just a rueful observation of the fact that there's one all the time. So it wasn't really. But given that I am Nostradamus, this episode will go out on the 28th of October. And I'm pretty certain in the week this goes out, a major political figure or royal member of the royal family will be shot dead. So uh, that's, that's, that's my prediction for this week. If it, if it comes true, I win the fence as well as the barbecue. So, uh, and uh, Dennis Healy died uh, in the week of the... 98 years old, Dennis Healy. I don't know if some of the youngsters are aware of him. I'm, I'd actually met him on a tube once. He was on the tube, which is... That's the kind of guy he was. Within the last 10 years, so he must have been in his mid to late 80s. Uh, and I saw him. I, I was sitting down and he was standing up. So I offered him my seat out of respect for all the, the work he'd done. He said, oh, you're saying I'm an old fart uh, and refused to take it. So that is, that's the kind of guy he was. Uh, and, uh, oh, I got this through the door. So, I'm, I, as you know, I'm quite a sceptical person, but uh, I got a uh, leaflet through my door in Shepherd's Bush uh, for the famous astrology centre. And, I, like, if this guy is... It's, it's by a guy called uh, Ravi Shankar. I'd wondered what he'd been up to. He's been quiet for a few years. So, uh, it's good to see he's back. He's moved away from being dead and playing music. <laughs> and moved in, into astrology. But he, surely if he's any good as an astrology, he would know that I don't believe in astrology and wouldn't have posted this through my door. It would save him. If he's a good astrologer, he would just post it through the door of people he knew were going to book. He'd just look into the future, see who booked, what their address was, and just do the ten leaflets. So that he can't... But it makes me think maybe he is a really good astrologer and he knows that I... Even though I don't believe in him, I will still go. That's well, why would he have posted this? So I am going to go and see him because, that, I mean, otherwise, why? He's that. That's how good he is as well. He knew I would, and he did. I, I quite like the things uh, he promises. It's 300 years traditional. Don't know what that means. Uh, but he can help you out on all sorts of things. Uh, my favourite bit was, uh, uh, are you disappointed meeting astrologers and not getting solutions? I am disappointed in that. It's like he knows me. Then please come and meet God-gifted spiritualist Pandif Ravi Shankar and get permanent solutions to all your problems. I mean, that's a pretty bold... Not just... Permanent solution. I mean, the only permanent solution to all your problems is death, though, right? So that is. You're just coming, he'll stab you, and oh, there you go. So slightly terrifying. But if you want to check him out, he's in Shepherd's Bush Market. It's the world, world famous astrology centre, it says. The famous astrology centre, which is half a mile from my house and I had never heard of till that came through. Uh, anyway, look, we're going to crack straight on with our guest. Uh, but uh, he's probably best known as the host of Gas. Uh, that's why you are. That's why you are here to see him tonight. Will you please welcome, ladies and gentlemen? It's Lee Mack, ladies and gentlemen. Lee Mack. Lee Mack. Come in. Sit down. Pull up a mic. Lovely. Got to see. That's lovely. Sit down. Pull up a microphone. Lee Mack, if that is your real name. 
Uh, it is my real name, yeah, yes, it's a real show. Yeah, it's all real. It's all. So what do you remember about gas? We'll just talk about gas for the first half of the Well, the amount of people that come up to me on a daily basis and say, <laughs> are you Lee Mack from gas? Yeah. And I go, yeah, but I've got that face that makes me think they're talking about <laughs> gas installation. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that was what, about 90... I mean, you've done yeah. research, you don't remember it, do you? I, d I don't rem really remember it. I that. barely remember it, and I was the host of two series. But there were some good people in it. There was, yeah. Peter Kay, uh, Tommy Tiernan, I think, did it. Yeah. The, the Mighty Boosh did it. Yeah. Well, they weren't the Boosh then. They, yeah. were, they hadn't been separated then. There was just one person then. <laughs> um, who else did it? Oh, I can't remember. Two series, just, that's all it, I remember. Was it a stand-up show? It was a showcasing the new talents of Britain ah. on Channel 4. That's the way they build it. Good. And they got me in to host it, and I've been going for about two years, and I would be the first to admit that I wasn't equipped to do that at the time. <laughs> and also, if you can be bothered Googling it and looking on a thing called YouTube, I don't know if you know about yeah. that, Richard. OK, yeah, um, I've seen some stuff on there. You can see me, and I am about nine and a half stone. Right. And here I am now, 20 years later, I'm now 50% more of a human being. <laughs> Not spiritually, I should add, <laughs> than I was back then. I'm 50% right. heavy. I'm right. 14 stone now. Yeah. Well, it goes up and down. That's what my, I've discovered. I was this my career or the way. Yeah. Well, no, you're, yours is fairly going. Well, since gas is going. Since up, gas. Right? I, going I, well, yeah, but it went down after that. Yeah. Because I. <laughs> the best thing about gas was that you could introduce because uh, there was a producer, and I used to love just going. This is Sandy. She's the producer of gas. <laughs> and, and that, for me, was enough to warrant yeah. doing two series of it. <laughs> I think you should have done more series. That is, uh... So, hey, I've been reading uh, your book. Why are you filming the audience? Uh, just for fun, just in case they do something interesting, just because people can't oh, I believe... Thought it was on a lot. I thought it was like a player camp. I people... thought you specifically wanted to know what that woman was doing. People can't believe that blokes like that come to the show. When I... In the audio, I say, you know, there's nerdy blokes in the front row, and people go, yeah, but there aren't. They'll be, be full of attractive women. And then... Then I can just show them those. I mean, I get that I pay these three men to sit here. I mean, can, really, can you think of three more typical comedy nerd fans than those blokes? <laughs> do they fairly reflect your demographic? They do. It's like they've won. It's each. It's a game of guess who uh, of nerdy fan. Do they wear glasses? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's all of them. Uh, <laughs> have they got a beard? Only one of them's got a beard. Weird. Uh, very. Are they there every week? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, they're not obsessed. I don't, well, sorry, I don't, Richard, you can't have it both ways. <laughs> I, don't think they're, they're, I don't think they're going to kill me. I just, they just, they just I, I don't think it's a I think the sentence, they're not going to kill me, is all right, but any, if it's got the word think in it, <laughs> it gets me a bit edgy. Yeah, I don't right. think my dog will bite you. <laughs> well, I'm slightly scared of them. I, mean, I know him less than the others, so he's more of the, you know, he could be a Dave Chapman kind of, Mark Chapman sort of <laughs> figure. I'm not giving you an autograph, mate, just in case. It's quite a clever joke. So, uh, that's quite, quite... I've been reading your autobiography, it's good. Have you? I wasn't gonna. Well, yeah, and of course you were, Research. I wasn't gonna, yeah. and then I thought, oh, I could get, I'll get the first chapter free on Kindle. Yeah. And then the, it was... <laughs> to be fair, you get the whole thing for about a quid. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's £5.49, I want you to know I spent on you. on Kindle? Yeah. Really? And uh, I, read, I read, I was going to just do that for free, and then I thought, no, it's good, I'm going to read another couple of chapters. So overall, today, I'm being paid £5.49. <laughs> you are. Um, no, of course, I'm going to get about 20th of that, aren't I? So. <laughs> OK. There is a fee as well, you'll get a fee, so don't worry. Do I get a yeah, fee for this? get a fee. I thought it was genuinely just getting get oh, no, a bit everyone, of bath time at home. Everyone does every... <laughs> I was hoping you'd talk a bit too long and I'd miss bath time. I genuinely worked that out the way before. If it goes on a little bit too much, I could just miss bath time. It was about a ten-minute window. Do you, you not enjoy bath time? I love bath time, but, you yeah. know, it's about to my wife bathed herself. Come on! <laughs> no, I, 
The glasses have been worn tonight, just in case I need to do that now and again. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that. She's um, hideously disabled. <laughs> but, um, I... She... No, I, I do, I do, um, I do enjoy bath time, yeah. but... Is there any activity you do with the kid? Well, you've got a little baby. No, but I've got well, a little as baby. they grow older, you'll realise that baths. I'm cleaning their fucking teeth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that cleaning their teeth should stop at about six or seven. I don't yeah. mean forever. They should do their own. I don't, okay. I'm not that northern. <laughs> so, I mean, come on, clean your teeth. <laughs> um, but my wife insists that we do it properly, so yeah. we get right in there, and I'm like, and I've got to do it to three children. Oh, yeah, I've it. only got one child, and she's only got two teeth, so it's quite, it's, right. that is quite easy You're at the right. moment. I, t- I actually have to extend it. I do all the rest. I do the top as well, even though there's nothing mm. up there. I've only got one wife, and she's only got two teeth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Horrific accident, yours. But anyway. <laughs> but it's a very, it's a very interesting. Uh, but and, and uh, you had, uh, unlike some of these uh, university comedians, you know the type of guy I mean. University uh, they, types. You know, you know, they go to university and then just become comedians straight away. You've got, mm. you had, you had some kind of life before. I did, yes. I, I, uh, I didn't go to university. Well, I did go to university, but. At the same time, I started stand-up. Yeah. So I sort of did it a weird way around. I left school at 15, which I appreciate is like something from the 18th century. (laughs) (laughs) But that's only because I turned 16 in the summer. Yeah. You know, so I didn't really leave school at 15, but it just gives me an extra feeling of, I deserve to be here more than you, Richard. Because I've had to work my way (laughs) up through the coal mines. But actually, I just left and actually went back to college and resat my O-levels. But I never talk about that because it doesn't sound as hard-working and northern, does it? So... Uh, so, yeah, I left school at 15, and then I didn't start stand-up till I was about 26. Yeah. So I had uh, 11 years. I had to think about that. That's why I needed a better education. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I, you've I, done... did, I did work. Yeah. You're going to list my jobs. Uh, well, you know, I've, got, I've found out a few of them. OK. This is quite an obscure one. You picked apricots. You don't, I don't think you've mentioned that in your biography. No, I, well, I worked... Most people... I mean, I've, I'm not going to lie. I've, I've done many interviews over the years, and everyone always mentions the fact that I once uh, worked with Red Rum yeah. and rode him. And you've gone straight in with a fucking apricot yeah, story. Yeah, Which is n- n- dull. I'm surprised <laughs> I didn't make the In the book, I would imagine it was just on a list. <laughs> I don't know any anecdotes internet. about it. I found it in one interview on the internet. Yeah, I, I, I haven't read it about it in the book. I've probably got well. an anecdote about all the jobs I've had, but yeah. the reason I don't mention the apricots is it always goes nowhere. Because I always go, oh, the apricot picking, yeah, well, I, I used to pick apricots and uh, do you know, occasionally uh, raspberries, and that's all I've got on that. Do you know apricots contain cyanide? That's uh, apple pips, isn't it? No, it's apricot seeds. Because I, I, I nearly choked to death on an apricot. That's why I was so interested in the apricot story. As <laughs> I, I could have blamed you. It could have been very slow Did burning. you ch- choke to death on an apricot? Stone. I Not actually... the apricot. You didn't just no. put the whole thing in. <laughs> Although you could... Did you your gorging days? <laughs> it was recently. I was very tired from um, looking after the baby and everyone was out and yeah. I was eating an apricot. And I've never eaten an apricot, like a fresh apricot before. Right. I was amazed to see them. You wouldn't be as mate. You'd seen them back I've, in the I've 1980s. <laughs> but I, I, I've never... I saw one in Tesco and I couldn't believe my eyes that they were selling fresh apricots because I'm from the 1960s when they came in tins. Yes. And now they come on trees, apparently. Yes, uh, they, they and, do. Uh, Still in the tins though. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to pick the tins off the tree. And so I'd never eaten an apricot and then I ate this apricot and then I was so excited and a bit tired that I accidentally ate the whole thing and then I realised what I'd done and was convinced that it was lodged in the back of my throat and I was about to die. And I was embarrassed because I, th- I realised people would find out I'd been eating apricots. What's and wrong I, with eating well apricots? I thought that's like a bit vain isn't it? Apricot. Go, what? Dying, oh, eating apricots, are you? Not apples and oranges, not good enough. I'm glad oh, you're, you're dead. Trying, you're a, I'm glad you choked. You've slightly got a high opinion of yourself <laughs> than you should have. Yeah. I won't worry about that, Richard. <laughs> I think people generally have, have an opinion of you that's not going to be changed with an apricot. <laughs> they will. 
they would never. Those people would never dream I would eat that. If they knew I ate apricots, they would turn against me. Don't dream, wouldn't they? They would. They'd They've never eaten a piece of fruit in their life. Look at them. Imagine if this next week was the only week they never came back. <laughs> didn't like the apricot business. I always had him down as a non-apricot man. They might have gone home and eaten apricots and died. There's cyanide in it, so I'd eaten an apricot stone. I was terrified, but there's only a time. Oh, but you see, because you, because all right, so it wasn't apricot. You do it choking. You just thought, oh, it contains cyanide. I thought I was going to choke, and then I it didn't choke, and then I went on Twitter, and then mm. someone told me they contained. I think cyanide. if they contained enough cyanide to kill you, you would have found out by now about not eating. Them. They wouldn't sell them in, in the shops, would they? Might say warning: contains cyanide. It wouldn't be a warning. They would say, don't sell them. They sell. They, they contain cyanide. It wouldn't be a warning. It's not like... You, if you ate all of the apricots in the shop... and Richard, there's stones, one you thing... Would die. Listen, Richard, don't get into an argument with me about apricots. <laughs> okay. If there's one thing I know more than you about... Three months I spent up a tree. Yeah. I had, came down is at it, night. Is Obviously, is I'm not an owl. I imagine apricots grew on quite a small tree. Like, oh. a, that you could just walk and pick... Like, yes, yeah, Richard, I used there. to think that. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be like you, naive. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, those trees are big motherfuckers. What? Where in the north were they growing apricots? In Australia. <laughs> that makes more because sense. Because apparently, I don't know if you know this, and it's yeah. genuine, since about 1974, people from the north have been allowed to travel. <laughs> I didn't know that. It's been this new thing, even ones that did go to university, you know. You're allowed to go off and, okay. you know, and, and search the world for apricots. <laughs> That's good. Adelaide, I think it was. It was Adelaide. I think it was Adelaide, yeah, just outside Adelaide. I remember, I remember I, I, whilst I was picking the apricots, I've just now realised I have got an anecdote. <laughs> See, I knew. I remembered. This is what I didn't make the go. book, so yeah. that should be a warning about how this is going to end. It wasn't even good enough for print. And it, yeah. We all know that doesn't even have to be that funny in print. Yeah. With an audience, this has to have a killer ending. It has to be brilliant. And it's got, I've got nothing. I warn you now. But um, I got, I got, we had to camp because you, you, you can't, you know, you can't afford to stay in a hotel with your apricot picking. No. And, uh, and the apricots are a long way from the city, I imagine. Oh, well. they are. They're a long, a long way. way from the. And I put hotel. my shoe on, and something bit me, and I took out this little insect that was now dead because I squashed it. Yeah. And I honestly thought I was in Australia, so therefore that means I'm going to die. Yeah. And I ran to the farm and I banged on his door. And went, mate, mate, can you tell me what this is? It's just bit me. And he looked at me like that, and he looked at, and he literally went, <laughs> "Mate, get a fucking grip!" And he slammed the door <laughs> in my face. That's all he said. Get a fucking grip. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't tell me. They didn't say, it's fine, get a grip. He just said, get a grip. Get a grip round get your ankle, cos you've got to hear... Maybe he's talking voice. to the insects. <laughs> get a grip and kill the fucking palm, I told you, right? <laughs> and then you... Well, that probably not then. You've also worked... I wish I'd included that in the book now. That was good. So oh, that's, I choose the stories that you haven't written about and then I'll get something good. I know that you're going to come up I'm with... I'm sorry to be anal, but that's yeah. annoying me. Can I just do that? Because yeah. I think it's going to fall and I'm going to waft into the, the three mental fans at the front. Yeah. If, it, if it would fall, it's meant to fall. That is the thing. That, is, that has been carefully... When you think about it, that guy, he's got... I've written a Metro article about this and I've shown this on this show... He's got a very good advert. Ravi Shankar has done very well out of this, so he was right <laughs> to post it through my door. Um, go to see him. If you want to ring him, it's 07440 Oh, Actually, if you want to ring him, just put, hit the phone pad with, randomly and you should get through to him, because <laughs> people have planned for that. Uh, you did mention Red Rum. You, uh, yes. you have, of course, in, in your book, you admit that you've tenderly washed the genitals of a horse. I have. I'm, I'm, I'm not about tenderly. Well, I hope it was tenderly. I hope the you good do thing it about a horse <laughs> is that you don't have to be careful. Okay. They can take anything you throw at them. Can they? Yeah. The thing about the thing is, you've got to you've got to actually the horse's penis retracts, as we all I think are aware. Yeah. Um, 
And so to clean, to clean it, you've got yeah. to sort of get in a bit. Yeah. So you have to wet your sponge, squeeze it tight. Because I actually did, I was told to clean its backside. And yeah. I didn't personally look after Red Rum. It was one no. of them. Anyway, but the horse I was cleaning, they said, you've got to clean its backside. And I was like, I was on £26.50 a week. I thought, <laughs> that is too much yeah. for, for that money to be cleaning a, a horse's bottom. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I'd be doing this for free. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I sort of wiped its bottom. Yeah. And then I put the sponge in. I thought, well, I've done my rite of passage. I've shown that I can do this job. This and he horse. said, what about the, uh, the penis? Wow. I said, mate, let me finish with the horse. <laughs> no, I said, I said, uh, they're coming very handy, these. I wish I'd, I wish I'd actually worn them all the time. I, I actually had to, uh, yeah. you have to yeah. go, and I said, where is it? Because <laughs> he's in there, and I went, oh, for God's sake, so you get in and you have to give it a little thing. And yeah. then years later, I told that story on a TV show with Frankie Dittori on the show. Oh, yeah. And I said, you know what you have to do with the thing? And Frankie Dittori went, Someone has a wine, you up, you don't have to do that. <laughs> uh, oh, don't you? That was like a year of practical joke of me. Yeah. He's cleaning the horse's bell end, don't you? <laughs> I can't believe he's doing this. Yeah, it does seem weird. And it, it, you have but to... You, know, you do, I think you do have to clean. I think Frankie just doesn't realise, he's not shop floor enough to realise that somebody's <laughs> got to do it. He's just, you know, if anyone should be doing it, him. He, if a horse easy has reach, a... wouldn't it? I've got to bend down. <laughs> If a horse has a dirty penis, that presumably creates some drag in the race as well. So that well, the additional horse makes. When it comes to drag, I would say an aroused penis would cause more problems. Yeah. I once got a horse aroused, not deliberately, <laughs> but I was told to take this horse down the road. I brought him down the road, and he's and he got aroused, and uh, the, the, it's massive. It really is, and it was swinging away, like that, yeah. and hand on heart, it took the wing mirror off a of Ford Angler. <laughs> well, I went, bah, and the wing mirror came off. I was like, come on, let's get you back. <laughs> Because I thought this is going to be an insurance nightmare if you have to exchange details. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> you know, you draw the pictures. <laughs> Do, does a horse enjoy having its anus and genitals washed? The thing about horses across? is they can't talk, so I don't know. But <laughs> apart from Mr. Ed, no one expressed one way or the other how they felt about it. Surely him. you can tell when a horse is happy and when it's not happy. I know what you mean. Does, when you put the thing in, does, it, does yeah. the penis then come out because he's aroused? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't hang around long enough. It was in, out, and you know what I mean? I didn't bother. Better way to do it, wait till they're aroused and then clean it. You've not even got to go in, have you? Because <laughs> I'm saying this out loud. Can I uh, take my jacket off? I don't, why am I asking what, you like you're you my dad? Take, I'm taking my jacket off. You can take if you like, you can do whatever you like. <laughs> take my jacket off, Richard. Uh, you can do whatever you want uh, in it. Well, you've, you've, done, you've done, you work, you grew up in a, a pub for oh, I thought a while. it was a hook, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in a pub. I did grew up in a pub, yes. My parents lived there, I wasn't just left in the corner. Yeah. You played lots of darts and pinball, you mentioned, which oh, again, you don't pinball. go on about pinball enough. I don't, but I love pinball. Which, what's your favourite pinball machine? Ski Jump, 1978, Zachariah. Yeah, I, I, I actually own one now. Do you? I own a pinball machine. Is that one of the old kind of... Clockwork. Yeah. yeah. It's the one I had when I was a kid. There's only yeah. 50 made in the country, and the guy that delivered it told me that. So I suddenly thought, there's a one in 50 chance that it's the one I actually owned in the pub. Yeah. And I said, where was it? He said, it's somewhere. We found it in a, in a barn in Cheshire. So I thought, well, hang on. I live in Blackburn. It's not that far away from Cheshire. That surely reduces the odds to about one in five or six, doesn't it? Yeah. So there's a one in five chance I've got my childhood um, pinball machine back, which anecdotally probably means more to me than an audience. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely rang up. This is I rang up because it, it went wrong yeah. a week later and uh, I got told he, he died, the bloke. He sold it to me. Wow. So there's, a, there's an ending. <laughs> <laughs> he died two weeks before. That was the really scary that part. That would have been worse, <laughs> 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 I 
Oh my god, yeah, that would have been awful, wouldn't it? <laughs> that was his last ghostly act. In fact, I didn't check that. He did actually say yeah. the, the response was he recently died. Yeah. Well, I well have who else would have brought you? Him last week. Only an angel could have brought you the, <laughs> the pinball machine wow. from your actual pub. I'm very excited. I love pinball. There's a brilliant uh, app where because I, I like Adam Fam, Adam's no, pinball. No, no, app pinball. Yeah, it's still good. Uh, they, it can't they're good be enough. Good. It's still good. It's, How'd you, you get the ball inside? <laughs> it's very good. You I thought that was worth more as a visual. <laughs> it's not so. But like the great thing about it is you can play pinball anywhere. And I say it suddenly freaks me. You know, I play in the bath, and then every now and again, I go, <laughs> I go. If I could go back twenty years and tell um, the kid playing Adam's Family pinball in a pub in Richmond that he's going to be playing this in the bath in twenty <laughs> years' time, he'll go, Yeah, no, that's not going to. How big is my bath going to be? It's going to be. It's on, the, it's on when, an iPad. When that's your child is a little bit older, and perhaps yeah. you'll have another child and yeah. three children like me, you will look back at the days of being able to play pinball in the bath as the halcyon days. <laughs> Forget still, that, that's not happening anymore. You still now. get a little bit of time to yourself. No, you don't. <laughs> and if you do, you don't want to engage in anything. No. You just want to shut your eyes and pretend that nothing exists. <laughs> <laughs> right, kids. So I thought I should have said hello to the kids in case they're watching. <laughs> they might be watching in the future. They might be. Might be so watching in the past. On, this will be online. They could be. Never know. <laughs> Anything could happen. Uh, well, uh, I'll, I'll ask you know because we came. Have you have you ever seen a ghost? That is my, that is an emergency question. Well, that's and a good I'm question because I have. I don't think I have seen a ghost. No. Okay. Well, I know I haven't seen a ghost because they don't exist. Yeah. But I, I, we did. A, a, uh, my mum and dad used to let us do Ouija boards in the pub. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Did you, did you read that in the book? You probably read the book. I've read. I'll be I've testing you. Along the way, every now and again, just be warned, yeah. I might say something like, just after my budgie died, did you read it in the book? You go, yeah, I've never had budgie. <laughs> yeah. okay. So just be warned, don't think everything I say is in the book is in the book. It's my okay. way of testing, to, right. of telling the truth. Right? OK. Um, never mentioned the apricot picking. Um, I, I, we did, my mum and dad used to do lock In the days that pubs used to close in the afternoon, uh, sometimes you'd have a lock-in, wouldn't you? And the locals would stay round and we'd shut all the, the windows. It would be all dark in there. And my mum and dad used to do uh, the, the, not the, yeah, the glass upside down, the Ouija board. Yeah. And uh, because it was the 1970s, we were allowed to join in. <laughs> Which is odd, thinking about it. But yeah. they were, well, whatever, it doesn't matter, a bit of fun. And so we, we contacted the spirits. Because, you, you, you know, it soon starts moving, doesn't it? Yeah. And they said there was... Some, my dad was after a hidden document. I don't know why. It's something to do with some legal case. He had to find a hidden document, a document that he could not find anywhere. That's all I know about the story. Yeah. It sounds more interesting than it actually is. <laughs> but this spirit said, it's in the attic. He hadn't even been asked the question. Wow. It's in the attic. It wasn't in the fucking attic. <laughs> we didn't have an attic. But that's not the point. <laughs> something was telling us it was somewhere high up, even yeah. though we hadn't even asked it a question. Wow. Just said, hello, is anyone there? It's in the attic. Kind of thinking my dad was desperately trying to find this document. <laughs> I say document, I mean stash of porn. <laughs> <laughs> it could be in, it didn't say which attic it was in. There's a lot of attics you'd have it to It might be in the shop. Yeah. Attic. Oh. You never know. We, I also, could we, an and then we it tried not, it. Not we, been able to spell. we did the one where you join your thing at the sales. Yeah. And we were, our, we were in a different pub then, we moved around. And this pub had a, a big stairwell that led up to the top at it. And whilst we were doing the seance, a roll of wallpaper came whizzing across the floor from below. So it went, and then shot across the floor. It could only have happened if some spirit had done it or my mum had thrown it up. <laughs> now, you would say, well, I think my money's on your mum throwing yeah. it up. But we were kids. That, and for years afterwards, I said, come on, tell me. She's still, I promise you, I didn't throw that thing up the and uh, that is definitely turns a ghost. out, yeah. she fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I don't believe in ghosts, but I believe in lying mothers. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure you play the same tricks on your, on your parents. And Bobby Ball played your pub. Cannon and Ball played your pub. I love Cannon and Ball. Yes, Cannon and Ball. Um, yeah, I do as well. Yeah. I really did. And Cannon and Ball, I'm going to try and open this whilst holding a mic. That's not possible, is it? Cannon and Ball, uh, before they were famous. If you can wash a horse's penis, you can open a bottle of water. Is that your catchphrase? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, um, and they played the pub, and they met my dad, and obviously my, they don't remember this, but yeah. when I told Bobby... Because Bobby Ball now plays my dad in the sitcom. He does. And Bobby... When I told him the story, he said, oh, we definitely would have played that pub. He remembered the pub. And, so my dad would have paid him 30 quid or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and Bobby Ball, you went on pointless with Bobby Ball. Hmm. <laughs> did everyone see this? <laughs> Which I did. Richard Osman brought it up when I talked to him about it. <laughs> I... Right. <laughs> this genuinely makes me angry. My children are obsessed with two programmes, Doctor Who and Pointless. Yeah. And they've always said to me, please, if you get a chance, will you go on either of those shows? Surprisingly, it's been a bit easier to get on Pointless. <laughs> so I, I went on Pointless, and it's, they don't come and see the show, they're quite young, and they, my, my wife, you know, drove them, which is pretty good in her condition. And... Uh, <laughs> We went three hours in the worst traffic possible to Elstree Studios. And the show was delayed, we were late, and, and the kids sat there and they were so excited to meet Richard and Alexander. Everything was just so exciting. And here I am on point, impressing my kids. And you know, I'm sure you know, but does I everyone do. know the format where yeah. you start off at that end, you go to that end, and then you go back along the line, back to the beginning. And Bob said to me, can I go first? I'm nervous. I went, all right. <laughs> so Bobby goes first, and the question is, name a word. <laughs> did, have Richard already told you this? Yeah, but tell it again. Oh, time. sorry. No, it's so I good. didn't realise that that like no. shit had done my <laughs> anecdotes. <laughs> Not everyone listens to every single one, and it's still good enough to hear twice. Well, basically, he said, say a word that ends in son, S-O-N. And Bob went, Appleson. <laughs> and Alexander said, what? He didn't, that, that, bear in mind, that's the speed. He didn't, I'm not exaggerating, that's the speed he said. He didn't think at all. Never word that ends in son, Appleson. Hang on, you've got a minute, think. And Alexander went, what does that mean? He went, I don't know, I just made it up. <laughs> you made it up, you've got to have a word, it means something. <laughs> To be, fur to be further, he did, Alexander Armstrong didn't say never a word that exists. <laughs> that exactly. that Just, he said, make a sound that ends in Appleson. So he goes all the way along the line. We get the maximum 100 points. He goes all the way along the line. <laughs> McFly, no, McBusted. That's even worse. It's the watered-down version of McFly. McBusted, two lots of McBusted. See what I mean? A team of two and a team of two, both McBusted. Yeah. Did better than us. Yeah. And Terry Wogan and Esther Ranson, right? I said that with disdain, didn't I? <laughs> you know, that other boy, girl band. And then it comes down this way, and I've not even had a go, and we're out. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, go on, you can have a go anyway. <laughs> Thanks, Xander. <laughs> and then I had a go, and then we had to go home. And it's the only time my wife, who's quite strict with the kids, what they eat, because the kids are almost in tears. <laughs> it was so late now, we couldn't even watch the rest of the show, and I've never heard my wife ever say it before or ever say it since. She said, we'll stop at McDonald's on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> Just because they, they, they'd heard it's exciting, so yeah. they got a McDonald's out of it. Well, I, I, I've crashed out twice. You've points. been on twice? Yeah. Uh, did, you've obviously told this I story. I got knocked out in the first round because Rona Cameron said, uh, name a solo artist with a 1980s hit, and she said, to pow. 
She's not a solo artist. Oh, yeah. It took me a second. <laughs> the clue is in the title because it's the the at the yeah. beginning, so it should be yeah. a noun. It's the power, yeah. isn't it? The power. <laughs> the power, yeah. The power. Uh, and, it's, uh, and then I, I had to take a bit of a punt to get under seven, and uh, I went for Brian Ferry, but he, his number one was as Roxy Music, but I had a You thought you might have had a solo hit in the 1980s? I thought he did Jealous Guy on his own, under his own name. I was pretty... I was 90% certain he did Jealous Guy under his own... And I knew it was definitely 1980s, and I knew it was definitely number one. When my, I was really... I just... What about Joe Dolce? Well, Joe Dolce was... I, th- I thought Joe Dolce straight away. Why didn't you go for it? Because then I convinced myself it was the night I remembered him. I remember them doing a parody of it on Tiswas, and I thought I only watched Tiswas. Would in the that night. have got you less than I seven? Watched, yeah. Oh, what's the matter, you? I thought. <laughs> <laughs> but also, there was a part of me thought, was it was it Joe Dolce or was it Joe Dolce in the stupid no, spaghetti? No, it's Joe spaghetti Dolce. orchestra. And my friend has a copy of it, and it has got the it has got like the. Stupid spaghetti or because it's not. Oh, it would have. Yeah. got, but well, it would have counted. But they were wrong. Counted, they yeah. were wrong to allow it to count. So oh. th- I don't. I've, I'm over it though. I don't really talk about it. <laughs> I, n- I very rarely mention it. <laughs> Anna came second. You can't have gone on about it more than I have. I've spent two years <laughs> really angry. Anna came second in celebrity mastermind, even though I scored the highest ever. What did you do? Mastermind. I did Rasputin and I got 35 points and really? I still lost. How many questions can there be about the songs of uh, Boney M? <laughs> <laughs> there were none. But I was ready for that as well if they'd asked it. Anyway, um, let's crack on with some interesting questions about your life. Right. I'll judge that. <laughs> um, well, you, you, let's talk about the sketch show, which is kind of interesting for lots of reasons, right? So this yes. is probably your first... <laughs> the backhanded is prob- compliment. <laughs> <laughs> prob- there's lots of interesting stories behind it, because mm. it was your first major TV thing, or the yeah, first you thing... you forgetting gas. Yeah, yeah I, I did forget Yeah, no, gas. I, did, I did gas in the mid-90s, mid to late-90s, and then uh, I'd stopped doing... Telly, uh, which was... Uh, no, that wasn't me going on. I decided <laughs> to move away from telly. I just wasn't asked to do anything for a while. Then yeah. I did a, a sketch show with Catherine Tate and Dan Antopolsky at Edinburgh. Yeah. And they, they took bits of that and, and said, right, we'd like to use you uh, to do a sketch show and we'll, and we'll get some other people in. And they got Ronnie Ancona and Tim Vine, Karen Taylor, Jim Tabaret. And it was on ITV. It was, but not Catherine Tate or Dan and Sports. No, it wasn't. No, they didn't. They, Catherine wasn't famous then. Yeah. And so they didn't. That didn't have any cachet. Like, oh, we'll use her. Yeah. But she was still brilliant. So I kept going. I don't understand why you're not using her. Yeah. And they went, we're not. They said you can either drop your mates and go on telly or stick with your principles. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you put it like that, uh, <laughs> we're not mates. We're more like acquaintances anyway. Um, <laughs> Should be fine. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, so we, we did that, yeah. So it, t- it turned out OK for it in the end, so that yes. was all right. Uh, that won BAFTAs, I think, is that... Well, it won, it won a BAFTA, BAFTA, and it was the year that um, the Chris Morris Brass Eye Paedophilia Special yeah. was nominated alongside us. Right. And I know you're thinking, what category was this? Because <laughs> <laughs> if you don't remember the sketch show, it, was, it would be fair to say that it was very uh, a very safe, old... Style sort of uh, yeah, yeah. It wasn't edgy in any way, was it? it was no, a, but it was. It was. It was very gaggy. Yeah, yeah it, it was, was very gaggy, gaggy. But it was. There was a bit more to it than just being. Yeah, yeah. But it was certainly wasn't. It was not. It, would it be fair to say that it wasn't as contentious as the brass idea? <laughs> <of the special? laughs> I'd say that would. If you look back at history and thought, yeah. I wonder if Chris Morris's brass eye special one. Because if you remember, that was all over the tabloids, wasn't it? That, yeah. You know, uh, at the time it was uh, Chris Tarrant was the host, and he said, if it wins, I'm going to walk off stage. And he made a real thing of saying, I'm really anti the, uh, the paedophilia thing, not the sketch show. Yeah. So, it turns out he didn't give a monkey's one way or the other about us. But it was a big news item. And yeah. the part of me, still convinced that the reason we won it, they just went, let's just play really safe. What's a really non-contentious <laughs> nomination? And they went the other way and they went for us. But... And then when you all came on and went, we fuck kids! And then... And then... <laughs> <laughs> we've, all, we've all been fucking them backstage! <laughs> 
That would have been... Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> but we... Um, but then, so we win this... So I won a BAFTA, and it's the only... You know, it's the only BAFTA I'd, I've ever won to this yeah. day. And, and so I took it home, and I was very proud of my BAFTA. And then I started going to, like, other people's houses that were in showbiz, and they had BAFTAs, yeah. and theirs was shiny. Right. Like, like a goldy shine, gold shiny colour, right? Yeah. And mine was like a very dull chocolatey sort of brown colour, right. matte, you know. Yeah. And I picked theirs up, and that's quite heavy, that, isn't it? And mine's quite, you know. And what had happened is, when we were doing the sketch show, we got one BAFTA, and the, and the director took it, because, as we all know, you know, the, the best thing about the sketch show is which way the camera's fucking pointing. <laughs> <laughs> And, and every time he got us, never got the audience accidentally or the roof. It was always aimed directly at us. No, he was a great director. He deserved it. And, but we, obviously, egos, we were going, where's our BAFTA? Why can't we have one? And Henry, normal, who yeah. made the show at Baby Cow, and we kept going on at him, going, come on, where's our, where's our BAFTA? We want a BAFTA. And at the end of the series, we all got a goodie bag, and we opened the goodie, and he got us all a BAFTA each. And the, to buy another BAFTA, I think they're like £1,000, or to buy them off BAFTA. Yeah. And I, I thought, that's a very generous gift, you know. But, and then years later, I'd see these other BAFTAs, and go, that's not like the other BAFTAs, I would say. And then one day, and this wasn't long, it was only about three or four years ago, uh, the thing toppled forward and smashed. Now, bear in mind, a BAFTA's made of metal. And there was bits everywhere. And I looked at it, it was like plaster. Right. Painted like little plaster stuff, you know. Yeah. And it turns out it just got the props man to make five <laughs> copies of it. <laughs> and just give them all to us. So we got like a prop BAFTA. And now I feel like an idiot because, you know, some showbiz people have been round to my house and looked at my BAFTA. Yeah. And they've probably gone away going, he's made it. <laughs> That's not a BAFTA. He's made that. He's not all a BAFTA. <laughs> well, who was he against? The Brass IP de Philip? Surely that one. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, made a BAFTA. <laughs> Do you want to know any interesting facts about the director of. Uh, it was right next show? to my toothpaste Oscar. <laughs> Do Nick, you want to know Nick Woods, the director of Nick Wood, yes. He played the baby in the film of the Railway Children. Now, whoa, 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 whoa. The Nick Wood? Uh, Nick Wood played the baby in the Jenny Agatha Do Railway you mean show. just somebody else called Nick Wood? No, you mean... I mean the man who directed your show. Well, why is it that after the years and years... <laughs> you, mean, you mean, you don't mean... Nick Wood didn't do the sketch show. Nick Wood does not going out. Oh, does he? OK. You're thinking of Richard Bowden. Oh, no, no, I'm thinking of Nick Wood. I am thinking of Nick Wood. Oh, right, so Nick Wood was the... Nick I... Wood, I thought he was the director I've of the sketch I've been working with Nick Wood for ten years and that's never cropped up. Yeah, well, there you go. Next but time I'm you see him... But I'm quite shallow, I don't really talk to the director. Next time you see... I just said that, I didn't even know his surname. I hope I... <laughs> I hope I'm right. If it's the same guy. He directed. Would, have, would he cropped up? Wouldn't he? He directed uh, one of our things, Fist of Fun, or this morning, Rich, not Judy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he was. We did a. We did a question. He he directed. He was. He directed our show. Yeah. He directed Mr. Blobby's Christmas special video. And he was <laughs> natural and, progression. And he was. And he was the baby in the Railway Children. We did a quiz to anyone who could find the connection between those three things. Nobody could find the connection. Well, I never do that. I must stop. He was the baby. Do you know what's annoying though? If he watches yeah. this, he might go. I've told him that story seven times. <laughs> he never listens to me. I'm surprised he hasn't. If I was the baby in the railway done. children, I'd go on about it all the time. Would you? Yeah. I might, I might, I hope he doesn't watch this and I can, next time I'm with him in a meeting, I can go, do you know, it's always bugged me, but you remind me of somebody. <laughs> you weren't the baby in the railway children. Give me a go. <laughs> and if I'm wrong and I've got the wrong person, it'll be doubly amusing if that's the case. <laughs> and he'll go, no, that was Richard Bowden from the sketch show. <laughs> uh, you uh, met Alan Sugar as well, guy reading your autobiography. <laughs> yes, I did. I'm, ob I'm obsessed with Alan Sugar. Right. And I quite like your Alan Sugar story. Uh, but uh, he's... 
quite an interesting man on Twitter. You yes. Don't, you don't like Twitter, do you? But he's, I don't do Twitter. He, no. On Twitter, I mean, he, he, he... I don't do Twitter for the simple reason that I can barely be bothered keeping in contact with people I know. <laughs> I, don't, I can't be, extend that to strangers as yeah. well. But no, Alan Sugar did. We did Graham Norton together, and he... Uh, it was me, Graham Norton, and... I mean, obviously, Graham Norton was on. <laughs> me, Alan Sugar, and Pamela's... Billy Connolly's wife. I always say the wrong one. Anderson Stevenson. 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 And uh, Pamela Stevenson's now, now, now a therapist. Uh, and, and he was mocking that. Oh, Alan. Uh, he was mocking it, saying, well, it's not really a proper job. <laughs> not like me with my Amstrad email. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just thought, well, he's, he's... And she was really sweet, really nice. And yeah. I thought, I thought, I don't like this. So I thought, oh, what am I talking about? What I really meant is I've got a gag and I haven't said anything funny yet. That's, <laughs> that's what I really thought. Yeah. I'm pretending I was doing it for her benefit. It was for me. And so, and he said, he said, the problem with these therapists is that anyone can just get a sheet of paper and stick anything they want on the top and just say, I'm doctor this or I'm doctor that. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And I said, no, Alan, it's not everyone that can buy a title. <laughs> now, <laughs> now this got... It got a small round of applause, similar to that one, where it, did, where it doesn't kick off properly, but you think it might, so you pause and then it's embarrassing. And, but it got a round of applause, and, and, and my first laugh, and I was nervous, you know, I was, you know, chat shows, you get a bit nervous until, until you, you're into... And I hadn't said much. I was really pleased with that. And uh, he wasn't happy, but he rung up and said, I want it taken out, and it got taken out. Oh. Taken out, because he wasn't happy. So I, I was glad, I thought he said he wanted me taken out. <laughs> he could do it. Yeah, he so he, do it. He, he, he got it took out. Just saying. But then, you know, I broadcast the joke now anyway, so I've got this good. credit for it. It's a good joke. And didn't even exist. I can get away with it. It was edited out. Didn't, that didn't happen. Also, your... I don't know if you know this. Your dibber is in the South uh, Port uh, Lawnmower Museum. Did you, are you aware of that? Did you give them... Well, I am aware of that because I, I gave it to them. I thought they might have stolen it. And uh, You've stolen it? No, I thought they might have stolen it off you. Oh, no, no, no. They, I, I, it did appear, that story, on the popular light entertainment show, Would I Lie to You? Oh, did it? OK. Yeah, I'm afraid. So I can't... Uh, I can't even pretend to you. I can't go, what are you talking about, Richard? <laughs> and let you wax lyrical. But, yeah, yeah it, it's... Do you know who else's lawnmower's in there? I do know. Brian May. Yeah. Do you know the answer to this? I don't, well, I know someone. I know one Joe answer. Joe Pasquale. Yeah. 
It is. It's Brian May and Joe Pasquale. I'm both pretty got... sure Alfred Pierpoint, the the, yes. the, uh, the, the hangman's. Well, he's from Southport. Morris, isn't that? Yeah. He's from Southport. Is it only Southport? Southport That's what he space. used to gaffer tape to the legs to make sure it properly worked. <laughs> For the light ones. <laughs> Stick a lawnmower on the lap on that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I dipper, and I know most people now are going, I don't know what a dipper is, and I didn't until I donated it because I okay. found it in the cellar and I said, I'll give that to the Southport okay. Lawnmower Museum. And my yeah. wife said, well, Why the hell would you do that? And I said, Because I'm on Series 7 of Would I Lie to You and I've run out of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> See you in a minute, I'm just going to go punch a nun. <laughs> I do like Would I Lie to You a lot. Oh, good. But my wife won't watch it. Oh, bad. So it's annoying. Why but she likes it, it but she won't it? watch it. Because you only have one woman every week. So she won't watch it. That's not true. I think... I think is that, well, you said you, Lydia. I don't book them. It's your fault. You can, <laughs> you can refuse. I don't think... I think that, that we definitely... That isn't true, because sometimes yeah. we've had, we've had uh, a woman either side of me. But it's fair to say that women, as, as they are in all panel games, is the yeah. minority. They're not... It's not equal. I think in that show, though, there's absolutely... There's no... Mm. There's no... Because women are brilliant liars. I mean, the only, the only reason... <laughs> The only reason not to have them on well, he is... He gives and then he takes, doesn't he? The only the reason not to have them on is because you would just know they were lying. <laughs> just go, well, it's a woman, she's lying. So that's, you're, a, that's... you're a brilliant feminist, Richard, I love that. More rights for women because they're fucking liars! <laughs> But no, there's no, no it's true. It is absolutely no, true. And it but it's also, it also, you know, the whole thing about, you know, there's not enough women in, in on panel games, but actually, uh, we don't actually have a lot of comedians full stop. The no. majority of people on the show are, are non comics. Yeah. yeah, but then that broadens out more because there, well, there are more women. Well, it does. So, exactly. So, more reason to say that maybe we could have a, an yeah. equal mid. I've probably not studied the statistics. Is it definitely true that there's never been a case where there's more. No, of course there hasn't. What am I talking about? <laughs> no, someone said no. Well, the problem is your three, the three main people in it who are all got an extremely good relationship between each other. And you wouldn't yeah. want to lose any of those three people. Oh, men. Are, you know, so there's only four men. So you only need you'd need one male guest, and it can never be yeah. more women than men. That's a good point. But it should could still be two, and then she'd watch it. But I'm always saying you get okay. one more viewer. Well, then tell us what's the she... ones that there has been two on. Okay, we, well, we were Claire Balding and Miranda Hart were definitely on one. I remember. Okay, that. we'll watch that one. But yeah. she'll still say that. She'll count up the number, and mm. she'll count. Well, and still say it's only two out of seven. I, I'm afraid I don't do the booking policy. Okay. <laughs> if it was up to me, there would be six women and one man every week. One man. <laughs> One man, yeah? Yeah. And would it be you? Would you be the man? No, no, it'd be Rob Brydon. I'd have a night off. OK, cool. <laughs> I love and a night off. It's great you, having a night off. But it's a, I, I really like it, so I have to watch it on my own when my wife's gone to bed. So it feels like an exciting bit of pornography. Yeah. Except you and David. Is that <laughs> what you're telling you're watching? Because yeah. the kind of stuff you watch is pornography because she's The kind of stuff you really watch, there's definitely more women than men. <laughs> it is. She'd rather I watched the most sexist pornography in the world than would I like Would she you? only That's watch... If you're watching pornography, does she insist there has to be two women in the bed with a man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she does. <laughs> I'm a lucky man. Uh, and you tried to run a marathon unsuccessfully? Yeah, I'm jealous. You've run one, I have, yeah. Yeah, I'm very, I got back into running recently, yeah. You're right, I do look svelte. <laughs> um, but well, weirdly, I ran a half marathon. I was meant to run a half marathon today. Today? Yeah. How fit are you? <laughs> well, I was. I'm not fit, so I didn't do it. I did one this, this time last year and did my personal best, and I've put on, like, a stone and a half since then, and I've, I haven't had it... Because of my stupid fucking baby. How? I haven't had time to, to go out Are you still running. working for Clinton Cards? <laughs> <laughs> I'm too tired to go out running, and so I'm just eating chocolate and getting fat again. But hang on, what was the last time... Do you even think that you could run a half marathon today? When was the last time you ran any decent distance? Uh, not for uh, since uh, maybe March. I was still going out running in why March. Why are you so deluded that you think you'd be able to do that? Well, I, I joined. I signed up in like straight away because I did it last October. 
Yeah, but you then, thought you'd be able to. You said, "Oh, you, when you said I was going to do it this morning, you didn't wake up this morning and go, actually, no. I won't bother." <laughs> no. That's what I thought you meant. <laughs> no, no. I thought you'd be all blasé. No, I, I was out. supposed to do it this morning. But I, thought, I, no, I, was, I, I signed up and then I pulled out. Oh, I see. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, in that case, yeah, because I, yeah, I realised I wasn't. I would die if I did it. Mm. It was exciting last year because I broke my personal best of like when I was from when I was thirty-five and uh, a, a marathon, a full marathon, a half marathon. And, and then I thought, oh, I'll do it again next year because then I can break it again next year. But then I realised I'd be back to two well, hours. Well, I, I trained for the marathon. And again, it's been on what I like to, I'm afraid. But I was told I had to stop training. I got to about 13 miles in the training. So I thought, I'm, I'm about half marathon standard yeah. now. And then got told there was a pain in my leg. And she said, you've got to stop because one leg's shorter than the other. So you, you don't have to do it anymore. I was so yeah. happy because I got out of it without the guilt. Yeah. And I, it... It's weird, because when one... You genuinely sort of run in a massive circle without realising. Yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> but, but you do have to run on the road with, next to the kerb, so yeah. one foot's on the kerb and one foot's on the road. <laughs> it's very dangerous, that. If you can find a yeah. marathon that does that, <laughs> there's a pavement all the way through. <laughs> You're laughing. But it was quite extreme. It, was like, it wasn't just everyone's legs a bit different, apparently, but mine was like... Uh, he said it's in the top... 3% of uh, difference in the country. Wow. Most people are a bit different. And it's, I broke my leg when I was a kid. You could join different leg Mensa with that. <laughs> I think there's any chance I'd get in is to join the different leg Mensa. <laughs> See, that would have a lower, a lower entrance. Yeah, a different leg Mensa. What, what does it have to be to get into Mensa, your IQ? Um, you just have to be a prick. You have to. You have to be. You have Somebody to be the, fails. You have to be the kind of prick. <laughs> did you apply? No. Of course you did. It's, the, it's those logic. You've done the test. I don't know. You, you, you have. Look at your I face. Haven't, I, haven't. You I know it. I wouldn't do it because I can't do any of those ones where you have to imagine cubes as if you have to imagine three-dimensional objects off the page. Is it? Um, what's that word? Uh, Non-verbal reasoning. Is it that type of? I think it is. I'm quite, I think I'd do all right. I think I, I, think I am a genius. So I, I think I would do all right. I well, did, I've never tried. I did one. Did you? Online, just to see. Yeah. And I was good enough to get into Mensa. <laughs> I should point out that I don't know what website I was on. It, got, it might have been someone that said, oh, yeah, this is Mensa, don't worry. Yeah. So, but it was stuff like, you know, is this an orange, yes or no? <laughs> yes, correct. So it was a bit dubious about yeah. whether it was the proper Mensa. Different but like I was Mensa. quite pleased that I, I did. I thought I'd leave it at that, and then there's a chance... I don't yeah. want to find out for that could, I'm definitely not good enough to do it. Why don't we do it as why don't, why don't we do it as do a, it together and yeah. add up the scores? <laughs> yeah. And then still not get in. Yeah. We've both failed on pointless. <laughs> not as bad as these mate. Bobby Ball. Why would you pick Bobby Ball? <laughs> I blame myself. <laughs> it was stupid. I didn't get a chance to pick who I went with either time. I wouldn't have picked Robert Webb, you idiot. I got a pointless <laughs> answer and then Robert Webb messed it up. Did he? What did he yeah, do? Yeah, he said he had to say a, continent, a country that ended in a vowel. Or had, is that right what it was? I think it was. A country that ended in a vowel. A country that ended in a vowel. He went for Chile. What a prick. <laughs> he only needed a score under 11. Well, you know it doesn't end in a Y. That is all right. <laughs> Chile. No, but it was a high score. Oh, I see. I thought you meant it was incorrect. No, it's correct. I started doubting my whole life then. It's like... <laughs> and when I said it then and there was a pause afterwards and no one laughed, I thought, <laughs> does it end in a Y? Maybe it ends in a Y. Maybe it is spelt like the word chilli. That's, you know. that's the problem with Bobby Ball. He just thought, well, no-one will say Appleson. That's why he went for that, isn't it? And he was and right. he was right. Yeah. He was right. No-one has ever said the word ever in the history of mankind, apart from when they're offering their child an apple. <laughs> and that's two different words. Did you ever manage to find... Because Tommy Cannon wasn't available. <laughs> did you ever manage to find... Did you ever, ever manage to find the pub site, the Centurion no, pub sign was, uh, that we, you were searching yeah, for? Yeah, I was really desperate. Did you find that story? I found that online. Uh, yeah, because I, I was... Very, and then I, was, I thought, I wonder what happened at the end of that mystery. Yeah, well, my, my, um, 
my, I grew up in a pub in, in the, whatever, late 70s, early 80s, and, it, and then it became like a bit of a, a rough area, and the pub was burnt down in the mid, mid-noughties, and I, um, I tr- desperately wanted to get the sign back, but the, the, but the pub sign was like miles away from it. It was like the end of a driveway, not miles, but it was a long <laughs> way away. And so I thought it's a chance it survived the fire. Yeah. So I did an interview with the Lancashire Evening Telegraph, just in case someone's got here. And I said, I'll give them a reward if I can get the pub sign back. And, um, and, I, and I never got it back. And my cousin, bless him, he, he, he got me a special present, big, big proper pub sign like that, that he'd had made of the Centurion, me as a Centurion soldier, and he put my face where the Centurion... <laughs> so it's like that, me looking very grand with the Centurion. And I, I thought, brilliant, I'll put it up in my office, that's really nice. But then it's made me realise that if you don't know the story... <laughs> it just makes me look... It's a bit like, you know, did you see the, um, the BAFTA that wasn't real? No, no, never mind that. He's got himself as a painted centurion. <laughs> well, it's weird. And that's what I'm thinking. I'm now dirt. Put it on the wall. Well, it's weird. If you sell, I've, we're, we're trying to look. We're trying to buy a new house at the moment. We've been round some houses, and weirdly, we've been to, to, to well, not two celebrities, but we went. We went to the house of a celebrity chef. Which one? You don't want to say. I don't want. I won't because say. Because you might offer on it. No, I'm not. going It's a horrible house. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's like, uh, well, it's so you know, it's so to his taste. It's ama- It's kind of amazing. Yeah. It's, it's in Boreham Wood. Oh, Gordon Ramsay. Uh, and uh, it's uh, it's not. And uh, I won't say who it is. But it's it's a very. I won't say who it is, right? So if he's, if there's if there's any celebrity chefs from Boreham Wood selling their house, it's not necessarily you. <laughs> You can find out who it is. But it's very much, you know, it's, it's, he's, in, he's got a family, he's got kids, they're just helping you identify who it is. Okay. But the, you wouldn't really know that from the house. It's sort right. of like a te- testament to himself, you know. Right. So it's, uh, but it's, it's, he's, got, he's got six ovens in the kitchen and uh, he's got a pizza oven in the garden. It's nice. But it's weird going round someone, you know, it's weird suddenly being... The estate agents get all very like, oh, you'll be, you might be a bit... Uh, you might recognise the person. <laughs> and then I met him. And, hey, I was thinking... Well, it's a bit insulting. I, you were talking to me. <laughs> so you did treating me as if I'm not someone famous. Right. My, and it's nice of you to do that. Mm. I assumed you were doing that out of respect. <laughs> and now, weirdly, you're treating this other famous person as if they are famous. What's, right. what's yeah. the rule? And I, yeah. I appreciate you treating me as if I'm just any person off the street. But he would I have told the celebrity that. chef that Richard Herring was coming round. <laughs> and he'd definitely. have gone out. Yeah. To avoid well, the... weirdly, he stayed... I, we, she rang up. The estate agent was a lady, and she rang up and she said, um, can, you, uh, can you come half an hour later than we said? Because uh, I can't tell you why, but there's a reason. You'll see when you get here. And so she was very excited about me meeting this guy who I didn't recognise. Right. Uh, and uh, he was there when we got there and then left the minute we were there. I think he said, I want to be there when they get there so that I can sort of shake their hand and they'll go, oh, we should buy this house because it's that an bloke. extra bit of kudos yeah. to it. Yeah. Ah, but it so didn't work. It didn't work because I just didn't know who he was. I was thinking, is he a footballer? What's going on? It's very, you know, he's, he's oh, done... Oh, you found it afterwards? Well, I, my, we worked out because he had all of his own cookery books on the shelf. <laughs> but when he, but when, he came, when he came and said hello to you, yeah. you recognised him then? No. Ah, so he's not one of the big ones. Well, he might be, but I don't really care about a celebrity chef, so he's not... Oh, OK. I think he... I wouldn't recognise his name, but I wouldn't have recognised him as... Which one it is. Yeah. We're all intrigued, aren't we? Yeah. I'm genuinely... Uh, but he's got all of his own cookery but, books, which, again, suggests he didn't write his cookery books, doesn't it? Because if they're your cookery books... It's all right. Do you, think, do, you think an ego, do you think there's an ego problem if you Yes. Got, you want to try dressing as a centurion? <laughs> right? 
and, and it's the position as well. There's no irony in the yeah. face. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Someone's going to come around your house and then go to all their friends because it's very exciting to go and tell. Do you your ever friend. have like? Because I, when I started out in comedy, I used to put. The, I was so proud of the shows I'd done at Edinburgh. I used to put them on, in frames in my yeah. office, and my I office was that. in the house. But they, ha- but the office was also the spare bedroom. So when yeah. people used to stay, there'd be like six <laughs> pictures of me <laughs> doing shows, and yeah. I took them all out and put them in the attic. Cause I thought yeah. I feel like an idiot. Because yeah. you, you look like you're just sort of trying to sell tickets still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some left, mate, if you want to come tomorrow. Well, you know, what well, I look at them as just very, very, very expensive posters. Those, <laughs> those posters cost me £10,000 each. <laughs> so I want them... You want at least, yeah, yeah, that's true. No, but no, mine are, I have mine in my office, but not really hung up. But then occasionally... Like uh, the state, we're trying to sell our house as well. Yeah. No one's come around and been excited about meeting me though. We're actually so they're very good. We are looking around. for a house, are you? so we could combine it. Where do you live? Uh, Shepherd's Bush. Do you want to come live in Shepherd's? Bit Bush? central for me. That. Is it? Yeah. It's very convenient though. But also, the, when I hear Shepherd's Bush, I always think of the theme music. It's only fills and awesome. Yeah. How much more successful that is than my sitcom? <laughs> it makes me angry. I don't want to wake up every morning uh, thinking that. Oh, because of Bush, 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 Bush. That bit. But, yeah. yeah. No, no yeah, income tax, no VAT, and all that. So there is a mention. Though then, it's not set. Septo and Son is set in Shepherd's Bush. Bush. Yeah, well, that's true. I don't know, that's I, good. You named another one that's better than mine. My uh, <laughs> my row of houses, not the name of the street, it's called Hercules Terrace, and I often wonder whether the think, reason uh, the, yeah, the course is called course. Hercules yeah. is because it was down there. Yeah. Who knows? Would he, weirdly, I, I, if I looked to that, I'd just think about cleaning the end of his penis. We have different <laughs> angles when we see the names of horses, don't we? We certainly do. <laughs> I'm going to ask you an emergency question. Yeah. <laughs> I've got some new emergency questions uh, for people. So I think most of this audience don't know who I am, like, like everyone who's come round to my house to look at my house so far. Um, well, this is, you know, we talked about, um, this, this comes out of a recent news story, and this is almost relevant. Have you ever put your genitals in the mouth of a dead animal? No, weirdly, I haven't, but I have genuinely yeah. uh, dressed as a dead pig. Have you? Yeah, and David Cameron did it to me. <laughs> Skirted around that story it was incredible, wasn't yeah. it? The way they, everyone knew, and they, and then on Radio Four they kept going. And obviously, there's been uh, stories about <laughs> um, certain activities, which you know they kept. Why can't they just? just well, because say, it's, still, it's a lie. I think it's the reason that they can't say. Do you think, think it's absolute lie? Is that the? Yeah. How oh, is it? I mean, you just so want it to be yes. true. Well, we, I had a debate with my mate immediately about a moral question with this. I said, "What's worse, putting it in a dead pig's mouth or a live pig's mm. mouth?" That's my next question. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you think? What's your, what's your answer? Well, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I, I really don't, because I, I would say that one is bestiality yeah, that's and true. one is necrophilia yeah. and bestiality. Which is, but that's one another necroph- question. Necroph- I'm trying to combine the two words. Uh, so I would say, I'd say on the whole, if you excuse the pun, on yeah. the whole, <laughs> I would say uh, try as best you can to avoid both. Yeah. <laughs> if we take nothing from this show, can we please take that sound? It's like the end of the Jerry Springer show, isn't it? Can we just remember, never put your genitals in a pig's mouth, yeah. live or dead. Yeah. But if you have to do one... If you had to do one or the other, I would probably suggest maybe dead. Dead's then the, then the pig's not having any... The pig's not suffering. No. Is what it? if it's alive at the beginning and dead by the time you finish? <laughs> Genuinely, for a, mini, for, for a millisecond then, I honestly just imagined you were Michael Parkinson. <laughs> and then you were just going to turn and go, would you rather fuck a dead pig or a live pig? Tell me in a minute. My next guest is Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> but, you know, everyone, is it worse to kill and eat a pig than it is to kill and put your penis in the mouth of a dead pig just for a laugh? And then we've got uh, the fantastic <laughs> Michael Bublé. <laughs> 
I don't know. I just, yeah. I just, it's, it's such a dilemma. I don't know which way it to go. It is a dilemma. It, you know. <laughs> but I don't think he did it. I mean, I think he's done. A, he's done a lot worse things. B, Lord Ashcroft, who made the accusations, has done much worse things, and we should be mm. more upset with him anyway. Uh, see, you know, you all, most of you, will kill and eat animals, or let someone else kill an animal and then eat it. That's worse. Yeah, it? but you can't make a scandal out of. Cameron eats pork sandwich. <laughs> yeah. well, you can't get any press out of that, but well, I'd say you say that like it, yeah. But if I came round your house, yeah, and you, and I said what are we having, and you said I've done a spit roast thing on with a hot, oh that's fantastic, isn't that great? And then you went to the bathroom and you came back and I had my cock in its mouth, and you would go, oh don't worry about that, no he's fine, he's fine, because after all we're all going to eat it anyway. There's no difference between sticking your cock in its mouth and eating it. Is there? You wouldn't say I that, would you? You'd be shocked and you probably be, wouldn't invite me round again. I'd be shocked and I'd say I wish you'd wait till after we'd eaten it before you did. That that is rude no, to wouldn't. do. That you is wouldn't. rude to do you, it before. All right then. All right then. Let's go again. I come round your house. There's a pig roast. We take yeah. it off. We eat it, but the head is left. Yeah. You go to the toilet. You come in. I've got my yeah. cock in it. All your guests come in. You go. What are you doing? I'm putting my cock in the pig's mouth. Would you then go? That's fine. We've eaten. It depends. It depends. You'd still say it, it would be behaviour that wouldn't get me a re. It depends on your intention. If you can, if we be, what could possibly if, my attention, Richard? You, we could all go out, and you might have thought, I don't know what would make them laugh. I'll come back. They'll come ah. back in, ah. and I'll have my well, cock in there. I might it'll be my. Isn't that? Isn't that just the perfect insight to the mind of a comedian? <laughs> it'll be my isn't that the mind of a comedian? I was only doing it for a laugh. I don't care. She's twelve. <laughs> no, no, no. You misunderstand the joke, officer. Just because it's for a laugh, it doesn't mean it's... Sorry, you're like one of these TV pranksters that start bashing people in the head and go, no, no, I'm filming it for a laugh, you know. Doesn't make if it it's your much. flaccid penis and you're going, oh, that's different than if it's your erect penis, you're going... Oh. Yeah. But the story wasn't David Cameron put his flaccid penis in the pig's mouth for light entertainment. The story was, was. he did it... Well, he, he did it for a ceremony, yeah. didn't he? That's so, nice. All right, then. A lovely Let, ceremony. Right, then. Let's do one more, then. You come round to my house... Yeah. Pig roast, we've yeah. eaten already, the pig's head is left. You go to the toilet, when yeah. you come back in, I say, Richard, and I'm not laughing, there's no joke. I say, Richard, before you go, there's a thing we do as a ceremony. <laughs> Would you please place your flaccid penis into the dead, already eaten pig's mouth? Yeah. Would you then say, that's fine? Or would you go, that's not nice behaviour? <laughs> if everyone else was doing it as well. It's that is peer pressure at its worst. <laughs> it's literally in this case. Uh, so, <laughs> some of you are going to get that on your way home, and I want, I want you to text me. I want you to tweet me and say I got it, Richard. It was good. Can I just be the first to put my good. hand up and say that I didn't get it? <laughs> I don't get that. Because they're peer pressure. Because they're all peers, aren't they? All the James oh, Cameron peers. Peers like I peers. thought genuinely you had. A, you, there was a famous pig called Piers. <laughs> I did. I thought maybe there's a famous pig called Piers that I don't was, know about. Piers was, the pig. Yeah. And I was thinking in my head, he means Percy. He's thought that right up. <laughs> there's another type you eat. Percy. You can shove them in your mouth, can't you? That's not a problem. <laughs> Percy pigs, yeah. They contain pig as well. They do. They do. They contain pork, don't they? Gelatin, whatever it's called. Gelatin, yeah. yeah. I know they don't contain pork. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> have a bag of sweets with some meat in it. Jeff. You got any jelly tots with some beef? <laughs> You've been on uh, Desert Island Discs. I have been on Desert uh, Island Discs, yes. It was enjoyable. We do a version of that on this show, except it's called Desert Island Dicks. Desert Island what? Dicks. Dicks, right? Yeah. <laughs> what eight Richards would you take with you to a Desert Island? What? 
I thought I was going to have to name ten dick- eight dickheads then. But no, no, eight, no. Any eight Richards? Any eight, well, not any. Eight, well, you the say, eight you would take. Richard, I would can I just say, if you've done this on a regular basis, yeah. I would say the format of this <laughs> perhaps is... A, you might want to change it to, can you name on the spot eight people That's what Richard? it is. That's partly what it is. OK. I want you to... It's hard. You'll get to three and then you won't think, be able to think... I'm struggling with one. OK. <laughs> oh, I know you're called Richard. I just yeah. wouldn't take you with me. <laughs> um, you, you get me anyway. Um... <laughs> Oh, I might need you for the ceremony that I've... <laughs> there would definitely be that I'd on the desert first. island. So there'd, there'd I'm not perverted. <laughs> uh, I would say... I'd say Richard Osman. Yeah, of course. Help me with the coconuts. Uh, <laughs> I would take uh, Richard... Uh, Richard the Lionheart. Good. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, he's another Richard. You know, and, uh, do you know how he got that name? Uh, yeah, his <laughs> mum and dad called him Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the Lionheart. No, yeah. I don't know that. He fucked a lion's heart. Oh. <laughs> um, had he eaten the lion first? Yes. Well, that's fine, apparently. Uh, uh, Dick and Dom. Yeah, because... You can't have Dom, you can have but Dick. They, they, they're one person, like Aunt <laughs> Deck. I'd need them both for wrath-making. <laughs> uh, Dick and Dom. Uh, I'd take uh, uh, Rick Astley. <laughs> good. That's good. Yeah. Very good. Uh, and uh, how many are we on now? Four. Uh, Maybe five. Is Dick Whittington a real person? Yeah, he is. I've been to his house. Oh, I don't want to take him. I'm just shaking, making out of conversation. <laughs> uh, uh, you haven't really been to his house. I have. It's uh, down near... Uh, it's down in... Uh, I thought he was a fictional London. character. Am I the only... No, because he was the Lord Mayor of London. Was he? Yeah. Did he really have a cat? He probably did have a cat. But that's made up, right? Point. Did he, the cat throw, was... did, he, did he really throw sweets at people? Because <laughs> the one I saw did, he was violent. <laughs> really hard as well. Yeah. All I did was boo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 um, People are coming in out the street to hear the answers of your... Richard, that, that, that Richard, lady was... Richard Herring, Rick Mail. I'm already That's there, Rick Mail. Rick Mail. I'll take Rick Mail. Can't have any help, if you help from the audience. You have to do another Richard eight. Hammond from you have to do the popular television programme, Talking. <laughs> <laughs> Richard <laughs> Hammond. Can't have him. Why? You can have him, I said, yeah. Oh, I thought you said can't. I know, I, d- I just I didn't speak very clearly. Uh, <laughs> What I like about this question is it kind of whoa, is whoa, funny. Whoa, you at the end of the format? No, I, no oh. you can finish if you like. It's quite funny to begin with and then it gets really boring. <laughs> that's why I like it. And yet, weirdly, uh, that's, that's the bit I really disliked. <laughs> that's I wasn't I, massively keen on the beginning bit either. Yeah, I like it, because then it's quite awkward. It is awkward. And then yeah. But then it's not just I do it once. I do it every single show. Is this it's exactly you, the same every show. Is this how you like pitch it. your TV ideas to the BBC? <laughs> yeah. And then it gets really awkward and then it'll yeah. just fizzle out. Yeah. He didn't even get to eight. No. But like, don't worry, if it goes quiet, I've got a, a moral question about a pig. <laughs> and I can just whiz that in at any time during the CBBS hour. So you've got in, you got into a bit of a spat with uh, the Stuart Lee, the comedian Stuart Lee. I and you've got into a spat with Stuart Lee. You started it. I haven't got into a spat with Stuart Lee. You have. He done, he's done a routine about you. Oh, on the TV show? Yeah. About... You, oh, but yeah. you started it for once. Usually he starts it and yeah. then you started it. You got in there. No, I did. In my book, you mean? I wrote, yeah. I wrote a footnote. Yeah, I did write a footnote that said... Uh, <laughs> I can't remember what did I say. It's, it said he's a cultural bully from Ox- the Oxbridge Mafia. I wish I was a part Can of I that Can I just mafia. say, hand on heart, he's yeah. not mentioned at all in my book. Is he Which, not? if you'd have read it, Richard <laughs> Harry, he's genuinely not mentioned at all, honestly. Where does this come from? Then, well, then? I think there is, there is something. When I saw that, someone, I was away at the time, I came back and saw it, and I did see that and... I genuinely didn't know what he was on about because he's not mentioned in the book. Right. And then I read it back. And I, I read it and thought, oh, actually, yeah, maybe... Because I've got genuinely no memory of what I'm thinking when I'm writing this stuff. Right. But I read it and thought, oh, yeah, it sounds like I am m- referring to him in that. But I didn't say that. Right. I said something like it's 
bullying to take the mickey out of certain types of old school comics. Right. And I, he was, I think I was alluding to a certain comic who we all know Nick's material. Yes. So I thought, but I'm not going to name him because that's bullying, like some comics bullying by saying that. And it was just a quick throwaway as a footnote, but I think he's took that as quite a personal thing. <laughs> well, but he that, does. I, I didn't. I don't think I said, I can't remember what I said, but it was quite, I think it seemed milder than that and it wasn't. He wants to appeal morally superior, but can't cut the mustard on a panel game. I never said, I, I, this, this <laughs> I think he'd do perfectly well on a panel game. I just don't... He, he wouldn't. <laughs> I, 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 I think he's referring to an interview I did where... They're quite, they like stirring things up the press. So I did an interview where I said... A lot of people... I mean, let's face it, if, you, if you're going to slag off panel games, you're not unique. It's quite a broad thing now. Yeah. I mean, your wife doesn't even watch them. No, she won't watch them. She'll watch so, them if there's an equal amount of women, so no, she doesn't watch them. No, so no, but no, no, one, no one likes them. They're, <laughs> yeah. Not nobody, but they're, 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 quite, they're not really a, a media-friendly thing, the panel game. And rightly so, there's a lot of them, and there's far too many in this. And so I did read... I don't know if this is what he's referring to, but I did write... I did do an interview at Sunday Times where I said... He said, a lot of people slag off panel games, don't they? And I go, yeah, but you know what? I sometimes think people slag them off and they couldn't cut the mustard on them. That's the problem, because they're, you know, they're not probably the right people to ask if they're... They might be, have selfish reasons for saying that. Yeah. Of course, when I read it back, it said, recently, comedians Stuart Lee and Charlie Hickson slagged off panel games, but Lee Mack's not having that. <laughs> and then said, yeah, okay. these people couldn't cut the mustard. I'm like, I, they didn't mention their names to me. But, you know, I, I genuinely like Stuart, and I like Charlie Hickson as well. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that about them. Don't get me wrong, there are some people I would say, oh, fuck off. <laughs> but, but uh, so, yeah, but, you know, it's tittle-tattle. It is. It's tittle-tattle. We're all... Proper comedy showbiz friends at the end of the day. We are. Yeah. <laughs> did, did I get that part on not going out that I auditioned for <laughs> six years ago? Do, do you, have you talked about this before? Uh, no. <laughs> Richard came in to audition for the part of not going out. For there to be the new Tim Vine. Tim, yes, Tim I Vine left and we needed a new mate character. Yeah. And I could do that. Well, you just said comedians aren't real mates, so I don't okay. think you carry that off. <laughs> <laughs> no, they... they uh, we auditioned different comics, and uh, I mean, I could a little bit of advice if you don't mind me saying. Yeah, no, I would please. probably not turn up pissed for an audition, <laughs> <laughs> and and probably not open with the line, "Can we rattle through this? Then we can talk money." <laughs> I thought that was a little confident as an opener. I mean, you hadn't even sat down and taken your coat off. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it, it was... To prove that... What happened was I like to write around a comic. So, like, when Tim was in it... Yeah. I wrote the part for Tim uh, when Tim hadn't got the part. And he was supposed to be a Ferrari-driving, uh, you know, banker. Yeah. The most unlikely person for Tim Vine to play. So he played that in the pilot. Right. We had to shave his head and give him stubble and say, we just need to slightly toughen you up a little bit. And... Uh, we just realised it was stupid. So I wrote around him, and it made me realise that that's the best way to do it. You audition the person and then write around them. So to prove that we didn't have a clue what we were looking for, in an hour, we auditioned you, Reg D. Hunter and Scott Capuro. <laughs> I think it's fair to say we didn't know what we were looking for. <laughs> it's interesting not going out, though, of course, because you, you did two or three series and then it was not going to happen anymore. Is that right? Was it, was it yeah, we point? did three and then we got cancelled by the BBC yeah. for um, uh, a once... Well, we got cancelled full stop and then we got it back, so we'd missed a year, as it were. Right. Yeah. It's quite so, rare for them to change their mind. Yes, I Was suppose. it the same person? It wasn't even it was, like the person The same changed. person who commissioned it then brought it back, so that was, uh, that was quite surprising, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I was... I, after the first two series, I genuinely thought it would be cancelled. And then after the third one, I thought, we've properly... Because I, I never used to get recognised. And 
And then on the third series, I suddenly started getting recognised. In fact, the first time I got lots of recognition was in the London Aquarium, and I was with the kids. It happened occasionally, but not much. But to suddenly get it happen a lot in an hour, yeah. I was like, my God, I think this show is actually... People are watching this show, and it's meaning something, because they recognise me. And the kids... I like to avoid the showbiz world with the children, and they said, why are those people asking for your photograph and stuff? And I didn't... Without thinking, I went, because I used to be quite a well-known fisherman, because we're in the aquarium. <laughs> I went, yeah, just... <laughs> and then it was only afterwards I thought, if I was a fisherman <laughs> who was dragging them out of the water and killing them, the people in the aquarium would probably hate me rather yeah. than likely, wouldn't they? But it just came out of my mouth. I panicked, because they never used to watch any fit I used to do. So, I don't know, stupid, isn't it? But, yeah, no, but see, I think it's interesting that after, I think, like, with a lot of sitcoms, they don't give... I mean, three series is, is a fair punt, to be fair, but they don't give, they don't give a lot of things the chance to bed in. And it does take a yeah, little while, I think. I think it does, yeah, it, it, it needs a bit of time. And I think, the thing is, it's a BBC One sitcom and it's on a, you know, a fairly, fairly prime time. So you don't, they, they don't... Uh, and when we got cancelled, I wish we'd stayed on BBC Two. It was commissioned for BBC Two originally. Yeah. That was the pilot. And they said, actually, we like this, put it on BBC One. And so I, I remember thinking, oh, I regret that now. Because if we'd done BBC Two, they'd probably let it go for a while. But on BBC One, they're a bit more... Uh, they need certain viewing figures and stuff. And that was the problem. It just didn't get the viewing figures that you're supposed to get on BBC One. Yeah. Which is a lot, and we got not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like Paul Daniels. <laughs> and, but then it picked up, or they just thought, we don't care? Yeah, and then they, we they, like they, they got cancelled, and then uh, our, our management, John Thode at Avalon, yeah. who yeah. I believe you know well. You should, you should leave Avalon. Uh, You've sorry, not left them, have you? I know, I haven't. No. All right. It's a reference back to something that happened in the past. <laughs> <It's all right>. <laughs> OK. <laughs> you should stay with Avalon, they're good. I have to say that. Right. Because they'll, they'll, they'll sue me otherwise. See, now I'm completely confused. I'm going I'm, I'm to go home and my wife will say, how was it? And I'll go, Richard gave me some important advice. But I don't know which way to go now because he said, leave them, then don't leave them. And he also said, I should leave you, love, and then not leave you. So yeah. I don't know what to do here. Like so just to play safe, I'm, I'm staying with Avalon and leaving you. You'll have to feed yourself tonight. Are you going to do? Are you going to do some more? You're married now in the sitcom. I'm married. We got married. We we we. Uh... About bloody time. Thank you. You're yes. an old man. You shouldn't be. Yeah, it's wrong, isn't it? Because I yeah. was when we start. I started writing this sitcom way before it was on telly, and so I was probably about thirty, maybe thirty. Yeah, thirty. Or 30, early 30s, basing it on what I was like as 25 or 26. And when I, when I was young, I was always sleeping on people's sofas and didn't have a job and didn't... You know, I was always dotting at people's houses and sort of living that life of being with somebody that's quite better off than me who's got a job and stuff. Yeah. And that's Free all, apricots, though. That's, yeah, I was apricot picking, yes. <laughs> then, but then I was... I suddenly thought, you know, if, you, if you're lusting after... If you're playing a character lusting after your landlady who's 10 years younger, that's, I think, comedy and quite sweet... In, at 30. I'm now approaching 50. It starts to become a bit weird. <laughs> doesn't it? Well, you yeah. know. I do know. <laughs> you're a bit older than me. Are you? You're I not am. 50, are you? The I'm 48. Are you? So I'm 47. Yeah. So, you know, when, when you're your age, you've got to stop doing it. I'm all yeah. right for another year, but it's the, <laughs> the cut-off... They call it the Richard Herring cut-off point. 48 is considered now perverted. Yeah. I stopped and when I was 40. You start, I carried on. Well, in the story, I carried on. In the story, on. Yeah. In the story I carried on, so I, I was still... That would have been a revelation. Yeah, it would have been a revelation. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a pervert, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, so I stopped it and I decided to marry them off, and they got married. Everyone assumed it was the end of the series, and now I'm writing a Christmas special for this year, and then we're going to see how it goes, because y- you've all got, always got one extra story of marriage, if you yeah. know, will they, won't they? And, of course, there's one other obvious story to do, isn't there? 
Yeah, will you murder her? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a brilliant and, and this, Richard, is the single reason why you didn't get to write on my family. <laughs> just as you're about to get married, you just, go, you just kill her. She agrees to marry you finally and then you murder her. And then the theme music to Terry and Jude comes up. <laughs> But it would be a good sitcom, you know, you, but a lot of your material in the stand-up, or some of your material in the stand-up is about you being a family man and being frustrated with your kids and fam- wife a little bit while no. still obviously loving them, and that's, that's going to be a, yeah, well, that's a great I just sitcom, thought, I just thought, you know, um, I, what, what do I know about now? And I don't yeah. know about being 25, dossing on the sofa, and so yeah. I thought I'll, I'll, I'll write about maybe the fam- But I'm not necessarily doing it. We're doing a Christmas special. Yeah. And I, I always do that thing where I struggle to write anything romantic because I'm a repressed northern man. Yeah. So any, like with the wedding, I thought, how am I going to do this? I've written for 10 years a sitcom or nine years that has never really shown any romance because it's a will they won't, then we never say it. Yeah. But now we're getting married. I, I, on, on the wedding day, the whole the days you have to... And I couldn't handle the mawkishness of it, so I did an episode where I'm locked in a prison cell all day and I actually don't speak to her for the whole episode. <laughs> the only time I meet is right at the end of the aisle and with loads of music playing. Quick kiss, we're out. Never spoke to her once in the episode. <laughs> How repressed am I? And you're in, you're and in now, prison even before you I get was married. In <laughs> so now we're doing the, uh, the Christmas special yeah. of... And, and now she's... Uh, don't want to give it away, but it's the first 30 seconds. She's got fat. You know, she's, yeah, proper, she's yeah. a proper actor. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> she bows a lot. She's, she's uh, yeah. i tell you what you Even should do. She's done a trolley dash at Greg's. <laughs> <laughs> what you should do a sitcom about. Why don't you do a sitcom where you are a centurion? Because oh, you've be, already got, got the picture. I've got the poster. Yeah, that's it. I've got the poster. It's I wouldn't good. mind if you said, that's yeah. what I should do. Yeah. I should paint on 8 o'clock the pleasant. And then people go, sorry, it's a show. Because <laughs> yeah. the moment just looks like I'm mad. <laughs> I think there's even a crucifix behind. <laughs> I'm the one that, you know, the one that helped him. <laughs> With the, the cloth, yeah. the wet cloth thing. That's what I'm saying I am. Yeah. I'm like the bloke that helped Jesus. That's me. Come in. <laughs> Look at the pig. Eat the pig. Well, unfortunately, we are going to have to uh, let you go back and wash your children and any, any horses' penises that may be... Can you make in sure this area. isn't edited, is it? <laughs> no. Good, because I thought if you edit the first bit out about washing the horse's penis, <laughs> I'd just keep that in. It's not a great way to end. Well, you've got to let your girl and wash your horse's penis. Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, thank you very much for coming here. It's been lovely to see you again. Thank you. I'm genuinely excited. That I, get, I didn't know I was getting paid. You are getting... <laughs> this is the right result. Do you know how much you get? 250 quid. Plus, plus VAT. No way. I'm, I yeah. don't bother with that. I'm all cash. I don't do the value. Oh, yeah. OK, well... <laughs> I think in this climate on the BBC, that's considered a minor crime. <laughs> <laughs> OK, ladies and gentlemen, just, just to be absolutely clear, yeah. at the Vaton, I will be... We live in an age now, we're just not even as a joke. Just to be clear. Well, it's all right if it's a joke, like, fuck a pig, don't pay your tax. <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it's Lee Mack! Hello! Lee Mack. Thank you, Lee. Goodbye. Thank you very much. Goodbye, it's over. Thank you. You have been listening to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Lee Mack. The music is by Pest. Thank you to everyone at Leicester Square Theatre and everyone at GoFasterStrike.com as well. They are fantastic. Go check out all the stuff that they have got. It's produced by Dave Cribb. It's a fuzz. GoFasterStrike.com and Go and Sky Potato production for the internet. Tell your friends if you've enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you've enjoyed it, do go to richsharing.com slash gigs. Check out if I'm coming to a town near you on my tour, Happy Now, or just doing a gig in general. 
or go to gofasterstripe.com and buy a DVD or book. You know, there's loads of other fantastic DVDs at gofasterstripe.com by other artists that you should just buy all of because they're, they're all fantastic comedians uh, and they're brilliant Christmas gifts, especially my ones, especially We're All Gonna Die. That is a brilliant Christmas gift from an elderly relative. Lord of the Dance said tea should be out before Christmas, hopefully on DVD, but we'll see, you know, it's, we, we take our time to make it good. Or just because we're lazy. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more. Cheers. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. RichardHerring.com slash ballback slash tour or RichardHerring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. GoFasterStripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out. <laughs>